When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour, nine a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. I have to confess, this is one of the most difficult radio interviews I've ever done. It's not difficult for all the typical reasons an interview might be difficult. It's not difficult because I don't have an interest in the subject matter or the person that I'm talking to. Quite the opposite. But imagine... Getting to talk with someone who's one of the most interesting people in the galaxy, who's done it all in movies, television, music, publishing, live theater, charity, paintball. He has even gone to space and learned the language of Esperanto. Imagine you get to talk with that person, but only for 10 minutes. How do you pick what to focus on? For me, it's like being given an audience with the Pope, but you essentially only have enough time to talk about the weather. Well, luckily for you and me, William Shatner, legendary actor, performer, recording artist, etc., is actually hosting a special series of showings of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and he's going to be answering a few more of our questions. I'm going to be at the one in Red Bank, New Jersey in February. We'll tell you how you can get tickets. The challenge in this interview remains the same, though. Mr. Shatner, you know what an admirer I am of yours. It's great to talk with you again, sir. My dear Frank Morano, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, one of the things, one of the aspects of your career that I don't know that people have a full appreciation for is how good of an interviewer you are. You used to do this great interview program called William Shatner's Raw Nerve, the interview that you did with Rush Limbaugh, for instance, still online. People could see it. One of the most fascinating discussions I've ever heard two people have. And he came to my house later on. I invited him to Monday Night Football. It was a Monday night. And, uh, you know, as you uh, uh, only too well know, you do an interview, and a year later, you know, who was that again? Where did that? <laughs> but that one I remember uh, so vividly. He came to my house and uh, watched Monday Night Football. And the interview that I did with him, uh, I remember he wept tears about his childhood. It, mm. was, it was a fascinating, fascinating interview. What is a conservative? What does that mean? Well, a conservative... Uh believes in the principles of the founding of the country, individual liberty, yep. individual responsibility, yep. life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. I believe that. We believe that people, if left alone, will be free to pursue their excellence to the degree they wish. Uh, there is a point where, yeah, you know, you, you can't drive on the, ro- the left side of the road. You need a, some regulation. Not saying that, that we're not conservatives are not opposed to regulation, but regulation has to be based on the fact that the individual is best left alone to take care of himself in the pursuit of daily aspects of life, education, job, or whatever. We don't make the assumption, we look at some people because of their race, sex, creed, or what. We don't say, 
that person can't do it. That person needs us. That person needs a government program. That person needs somebody helping them because that's not really what those people are after. They're after power and control over those people's lives, making them as dependent as possible. The reason why this matters to me is I want a great country. A country is made up of great people, pursuing excellence, doing the best they can. It is the people who make the country work, not government programs and not people doing things. So far, you haven't said anything that alienates anybody, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, everybody uh, wants the principles you're espousing. I, I, I interviewed um, Stephen Hawking, uh, maybe the last interview that he did, because he died not too long thereafter. And that, too, was fascinating. And part of the fascination was... We enjoyed each other's company as best we could, uh, given the fact that he was talking through a computer and had to spell every word. He invited me to dinner to his house, and I agreed, and then said to the producer of the talk show, uh, what in heaven's name am I going to do uh, at dinner with a gentleman who uh, is totally incapacitated, except for his mind? And it was quite an evening. But I, I enjoyed interviewing, as I know you do. No doubt about it. And you also, you, the series of, you've done a couple of great documentaries, including The Captains, where you've actually interviewed all the actors that have played captains on Star Trek. Over the years of doing things like that, both the talk show, documentary programs like that, what have you learned about the craft of interviewing? What advice would you give someone in terms of how to conduct a, a meaningful conversation? Everybody everybody, and this goes for what I do on stage at night uh, after the movie, uh, and we'll talk about it in a minute, after playing the movie uh, The Wrath of Khan, I'll come out on stage and talk uh, with and to and, and enter- entertain and be part of the audience. And, and what I've discovered over the years, which I know you've long since discovered, is everybody has a story. Mm. Everybody no matter who they are, whether they are verbal, voluble, or not, they have a story buried there that sometimes they don't want to tell, sometimes they tell a different story, sometimes they tell different versions of the same story, but everybody has a story. Everybody has buried deep beneath these layers of uh, calloused, uh, calluses of guarding against uh, revealing themselves, buried deep beneath that is their child-like story and that eventually they want to tell you. So you do in this uh, screening or the series of screenings of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, this is arguably the greatest sequel ever made. It's one of the few sequels that probably is better than the film that it was a sequel to. Uh, people are still talking about it four decades later. Folks can get tickets at WilliamShatnerTour.com. Uh, beginning this week, there are showings in Midland, Texas, Lubbock, Texas, Sugarland, Texas. In the uh, New Jersey area in February, there's one in Red Bank at the Count Basie Center and another one in Englewood at, uh, at the Bergen uh, at per- Pack. What's it like, even if people have seen this film a hundred times, what's it like watching Star Trek II with William Shatner as opposed to watching it at home on a TV screen? Well, first of all, it'll be on the big screen. First of all, it's on a large movie screen. Secondly, the, the film has been uh, refurbished. Its uh, color and sound has been enhanced. And so it's a really lovely evening watching a really moving, uh, 
the movie still uh, stands up, and it's a uh, a story that still touches you. And then the, if not unique, the unusual aspect of the actor who is in the movie comes out on stage. Now, it's a bit embarrassing, and I allude to that uh, when talking to the audience. Forty years later, you know, <laughs> I've had kids look around for Captain Kirk, and the mother says, well, here's <laughs> Captain Kirk, the kid's looking around, uh, and, and I joke about it. But the passage of time is such that, uh, you know, the, the, the weight of years weighs you down. Uh, and that's a joke, and that's fun, what's happened during the intervening years. And, uh, and all of those things make up an evening with me in addition uh, to the movie. It's a fun time for everybody. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to going, and people can get tickets at uh, WilliamShatnerTour.com. I'm looking for the VIP experience option that allows me to have cigars with you afterwards, but so far I'm not seeing that on the website. I'm going to keep looking. Um, you, VIP, uh, yeah, there is a VIP thing. Uh, uh, it'll appear. No, uh, there is. Uh, I, the, the, I don't see a cigar option on it, but uh, I will uh, take oh, my chances option. just on the photo. That went up in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I do wonder, though, is you're doing these screenings all over the country, Texas, Indiana, New Jersey, hundreds of people uh, going to see each of these screenings. A lot of the people, I'm sure, probably have the same questions about the film. And I'm, I'm one, I wonder... Does that get difficult? Does that get frustrating at times to, for the last four decades of people seeing and enjoying this film, asking some of the same questions? Do you ever become the William Shatner character from that Saturday Night Live sketch, for instance, when you're at the Star Trek convention? Um, like when you um, left your quarters for the last time and you, you opened up your safe, um, what was the combination? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, for crying out loud, it's it's just a TV show. I mean, look at you. Look at the way you're dressed. You, 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 you've turned an enjoyable little job that I did as a lark for a few years into a colossal waste of time. Right. Well, uh, it's true that there are some questions that people ask that uh, are the same. Uh, and I'm trying to think of one. Um that evoke a similar answer because if you're going to answer the question. But I can dance around that, mm. and I can bring them into it, and and then the answer has another color to it. And I'm always looking for a variation on a theme anyway, and so it's entertaining for me not to give the exact same words or the same answer. Sometimes I've thought of a good joke uh, that goes with that question, and I'll repeat the joke because it's you know why why lose a laugh? But mostly the evening with me is uh, completely new and different for me as well as for you, the audience. If people are just tuning in with Chong with William Shatner, legendary actor, author, recording artist, he's hosting a special series of screenings of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, starting uh, this week in Texas. You get tickets at WilliamShatnerTour.com. He's going to be heading to Indiana, New Jersey, all over the country. One uh, question I do have to ask is, obviously, this was the feature film debut of uh, of Kirstie Alley, who we recently lost. So sad. I was a big fan That's of hers. True. You know, again, good for you. 
Frank, I, I didn't think of that. Kirstie Alley, in all, all her beautiful, youthful uh, being, she's there. She was such a colorful character. Any suggestions, Admiral? Prayer, Mr. Savick. The Klingons don't take prisoners. And she's so beautiful. Uh, we all have standards of beauty. I don't know where that would come from for each individual. Maybe it's your mother, maybe it's some picture you saw as a child, but we all have an ideal which is uh, which varies from individual to individual. Kirstie Alley mm. had the face and figure of my ideal of a beautiful woman. I, I certainly concur. She had said that at this point in her career, she was going through a lot of things and she was uh, maybe partying a little bit too hard. And maybe she didn't approach this experience with the level of professionalism that uh, that she would later roles. And she thought that maybe she that was a little frustrating to her co-stars in the film, including perhaps you. I'm wondering, I know you guys became uh, pretty close later, but uh, what was the experience like for you working with her during the production of this film? I didn't have much to do with her, and I wish I'd had more to do with her. She was—I've heard her say that she was uh, less than what she became in, in terms of professional behavior. I don't remember that. Uh, you know, the the silly little things that people do uh, are merely burrs on a gear. The gears are so uh, adapted. And I'm trying to bring that image too far. She was she was terrific, and she did have her problem, psychological problems, but her basic personality was so vivid and so colorful. She overcame it all, in my opinion. One of the themes of the film is aging. Obviously, it's Admiral Kirk's, uh, I think, 52nd birthday. Damn it, Jim, what the hell is the matter with you? Other people have birthdays. Why are we treating yours like a funeral? Bones, I don't want to be lectured. What the hell do you want? This is not about age. And you know it. It's about you flying a goddamn computer console when you want to be out there hopping galaxies. He's dealing with needing glasses. He's dealing with uh, getting to a certain point, not necessarily having a relationship with his son. A whole bunch of other things. Obviously, you're in your 90s. I'm sure that you've thought at least a bit about the prospect of aging. I know you've written a bit about it in uh, your latest book, Boldly Go, which is terrific. It's a must read. I'm wondering, did any of the things that Admiral Kirk was going through in the film subsequently became become things that William Shatner was going through? Like when you realized you couldn't ride a horse like you used to, did you uh, did you empathize and think, OK, now I know what it felt like for Kirk to need bifocals? You know, again, you're so good at what you do. Um, yes, uh, now uh, the horses I'm still riding and competing. Uh, just don't want to fall off, uh, which brings you closer to falling off, by the way. Uh, but things like skiing. Uh, some years ago, I face planted in some. I, I, I used to be a, a, a really good skier. I skied uh, for my high school team and racing, and I brought my children into skiing, and I loved the winters. But I couldn't get out of this face plant, and people had to uh, help me out of it. And I thought to myself, what would happen if there weren't some people coming by to help me get up out of this uh, uh, wet snow? Uh, I've heard of um, snowboarders hitting a bank of snow and, un and unable to get out uh, died. Uh, it would be like being buried in an avalanche. 
when you're, you know, I've fallen and I can't get up. Mm. Well, you've fallen and you can't get up, not because you've hurt yourself, but because getting up is an, a physical act that you can no longer do. Your legs are no longer strong enough to get you up. Now, that isn't the case, and that isn't so in my case, but that's, that can happen. And so that prevents you from doing a lot of things. I went uh, scuba diving. I, I, I used to be a great scuba diver, and I went uh, to um, swim with sharks uh, uh, last year, and I thought, my God, you know, I'm not as agile as I once was, and there were these tiger sharks hanging around, and the guides that were with us would sometimes, this 18-foot, there were four of them, 18-foot tiger shark would come close, and they'd push them aside. They were able to somehow be alert enough to push them. They'd be coming at you, and the the guard, the guide with you, would push them aside. It was remarkable. And I thought, I can't do that anymore. And scuba diving is not something I can do anymore. So I've had to give up things that I did once, and it was with great regret, but also with the knowledge that it's, wise to do, and talking to you uh, uh, is uh, the equal of uh, swimming with sharks. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I've seen that special of you swimming with sharks and then read your description about it in the book. Uh, hopefully this is a little less adrenaline-inducing than that probably was. Uh, I will let you go in a minute, but I, I do have to ask you, one of the great themes in the film, and we're talking about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, the upcoming screenings, where William Shatner's not only going to be there, but answering your questions, you can get tickets at williamshatnertour.com. I'm going to be there. Um, one of the themes that uh, that's in the film is when Spock dies, is McCoy says he's really not dead as long as we remember him. He's really not dead as long as we remember him. Now, here you have a film, not only has Kirstie Alley passed on, but DeForest Kelly, uh, you have uh, James Doohan, Michelle Nichols now, uh, Leonard Nimoy, uh, Merritt Buttrick, who plays your son. And I'm wondering, do you think that holds true to these incredible performances that people are still critiquing, Ricardo Montalban, of course, critiquing and enjoying years after the people who gave them have passed away? Well, I'm sure that's true, but everything ages, even the electronic uh, uh, impulses buried on a, on a disc uh, ages. The, everything disappears. Everything turns to dust uh, sooner or later, uh, and sooner, the difference between sooner and later in terms of Earth years is uh, uh, a, a moment in time. What doesn't disappear and what Leonard, for example, was really wonderful at was good deeds and uh, yeah. helping people. Uh, those reverberate as long as mankind exists. And that's, that's your legacy, and that's what people, people should remember. A lot of folks may not realize that you and Ricardo Montalban, who both gave incredible performances in this film, you guys actually are never uh, you never faced one another. All of the interaction that you did was either through uh, communicators or through a view screen. Yet you'd never know it by watching this uh, this performance. I guess that was a function of scheduling. The two of your schedules didn't work out at the time where you could be in the same place at the same time. Well, I don't know about that. I think it was the the writers, uh, uh, ah. and it was pointed out to me. I didn't realize that for a long time. You know, Frank, you're so good 
<coughs> at this. Would you, uh, and I don't know whether they've got a, uh, a uh, whatever we call it, uh, 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 somebody who works with me on stage. Have they asked you to, to be on stage with me? Uh, would you would you consider it? Are, are you kidding me? Wild horses couldn't stop me from uh, I, from I, doing I will, so. I would I love will it. Make that suggestion as soon as this uh, interview is over, and uh, hopefully they'll get in touch with you because you're so good. Your knowledge, your uh, your uh, interest are so entertaining. I'm entertained by it. So I'd love to be on stage with you when we're in uh, in New Jersey. I, I would uh, I would be honored. Um, uh, last question about Star Trek Two, though. Uh, this is a very different type of film than the previous film, than Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Do you credit that to Harv Bennett, uh, the producer, Nicholas Meyer, the director who's been on this show, or or some combination of factors? I know it was a much less budget than the first film, but most people give it much higher marks in terms of energy, in terms of well, drama. That was the whole reason for making the film. Mm. Uh, after this, the first one had, uh, I don't know, $100 million budget. This had a $30 million budget, and it was given to the uh, television department uh, because they would spend less, and that was a function of the television department. But also, all the people who worked on the film worked, you know, wrote a film that uh, told a story as against needing a lot of special effects, which cost a lot of money. So, yes, it was definitely designed to spend one-third at least of what the uh, Star Trek the movie spent. Uh, uh, it was, uh, it was a, a definite design. Uh, people can check out the uh, the tickets and get either the VIP option or just regular tickets to WilliamShatnerTour.com. Uh, finally, sir, you're in a completely different type of production than Star Trek, Judgment at Nuremberg. I think you gave one of the most stirring performances I've ever seen back in 1961. We're going to come to a point where pretty soon no Holocaust survivors will be alive and no World War II veterans uh, will be alive. And that film, Judgment at Nuremberg, does such an incredible incredible job capturing the emotions and the history of what happened during the Holocaust. I find that as more and more Holocaust survivors pass away, that film becomes even more important. I'm curious as to your take on that. Well, uh, I agree with you. And, but interestingly enough, I'm a member, uh, I'm a, uh, a member uh, of a, a company called Storyfile and Storyfile has uh, artificial intelligence technology that is 3D and also uh, when it's put in a certain mode, you can ask it questions and it'll answer questions. Storyfile began with uh, Stephen Smith, who interviewed as many Holocaust survivors as he could find, hmm. putting them on this artificial intelligence uh, technology so that you can press a button and ask that person a question. And I uh, ultimately did five days of uh, question and answers to, uh, to Storyfile, and we've recorded it, and, and uh, it's going to become part of a facility in which you can come to a hmm. booth and ask me a question, and the chances are likely I'll have a... a a, a, an extended answer to your question because I've already pre-recorded and, and, and it'll exist after I, I'm dead. 
That that is uh, extraordinary. That's the next level hologram kind of thing, Mr. Shatner. It is always a treat to talk with you. I do hope uh, I get to share a stage with you, or at least just see you in uh, in New Jersey for the upcoming showing of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, people can get tickets at WilliamShatnerTour.com. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call, 833-969-4447. That's a new number, special number, probably for this morning only, 833-969-4447. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.